Hello, and welcome back to the AHA Homeschool Podcast. I am Katie Shepard, and I'm so excited you're joining us for episode two. Um, so within 24 hours of posting um, my very first episode, I had three to four friends come to me with questions on how to start homeschooling. And I just, I had to laugh because, you know, when when you ask the Lord, the Lord, you know, if you're asking in prayer and you're really leaning into like his plan for your life, when you ask for something, he's going to give it to you. And, and I had been praying over just, I want to share with you guys, like really just how to get started and help you get started and share inspiration. So I'd been praying like what to share next and how to share it. And literally within 24 hours, he brought friends to me with questions about how to start homeschooling. And I thought, huh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just answered prayer. Cause it's not, it's not me coming up with things to share with you. It's actual concerns from friends of mine that, that really voice like this, these battles they're having. And so I thought for the next couple episodes, I can share with you um, some of these conversations that I've had with these moms who want to step out and do something different for their family. But also there's there's anxiety and there's overwhelm and there's fear attached to that for some people. And I, I think when I was ready to start this journey for myself, I felt the same thing. It, there is, there is anxiety in it for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, we each, we each come to things with different, um, pasts and different stories. And so we all have different ways we look at things. And for all of us, there are like different fears and different anxieties. Um, so, but there's fear, right? There's fear for a lot of people in stepping out and doing something different, because the easy thing to do is to just do what everyone else does. The e- it's easier. It's easier to fit in and to do sort of like what's like socially expected. It's harder to do something different. And I would say um, my husband and I have experienced that multiple times in our life. One of the biggest we experienced actually wasn't um, homeschooling for us, for us, it was when he was ready to start his own business and he, we, he had a great job, but it, it just wasn't corporate America. He just, he just didn't, he fit. He just, it just wasn't what really lit him up. It wasn't what God was really calling him to. And after a lot of prayer and many months of going back and forth and the Lord speaking to us and working through us. And we decided one day that, okay, it's time. And he quit his job and he started his own. Um, we have like a, a small renovation company. It's just him and, and me on occasion. And, um, it's just us. And we got questions from people like, well, what about health insurance? It's like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have to pay for that on our own. And you know, what about this? And what about that? And there was a lot, 
there is a lot of fear for us. Uh, there's no longer a guaranteed income, right? There's no longer um, someone else paying into your retirement or paying for your health insurance. There's a lot of fear in that. But also when you're walking in the plan that the Lord has for your family, when you're really just taking the time to listen to what he has to say, there's so much peace. And what we found in this example for us, what we found is when we followed the Lord's very clear direction, we ended up in a place that yeah we had to step through fear we had to live through fear we had to we had to hand those fears over to the lord every day and there are still so many days where we have to hand fears over to the lord but also there's so much peace there's so much peace on this side of it and so this friend of mine um, has these fears and I want to help her get to a place where she can sort through the fears, where she can know that there is comfort on the other side and that, um, that the Lord doesn't always call us to things that are comfortable. <laughs> a lot of the times he calls us to things that are uncomfortable. Uh, so I want to share with you some of the questions, some of the the concerns she had and sort of like some of the things we talked through. Most likely, if you're in the same place she is where you're questioning what's best for your family, you're feeling like where your kids are currently at is just not what's best, but you're not really sure what to do, there's there's a good chance you have a lot of these same thoughts or concerns. So um, one of the things she said to me, the first thing I'll share is she was like, okay, so so I bring my kids home and her kids are, uh, I would say on the younger side of things, she has a, she has a fourth grader and I believe a second grader. And so they're on the younger side of things and, um, they're not going to do school very long when you, when you homeschool, it's the, the day doesn't look anything like a school day. And, and we'll get to that in a couple episodes, but the day is shorter and there's so much good in that. And she said to me, she said, okay, so, so like we do our like hour and a half to two hours a day of school, school's over in the morning. And then what? She's like, what, what do I do with these kids the rest of the day? And I totally feel that fear. I have twins that are 10. And um, when we first started so a little bit of backstory, I guess. I um, I homeschooled our daughter, who is a teenager now, uh, when she was in kindergarten and first grade. And then I really just, I hit a wall with life. And the twins were one or two. Uh, they were two-ish. Two-ish. Uh, they were, I know they were walking and running and climbing walls and scaling furniture. And it was, it was crazy. And I hit a wall with life. And so we reevaluated, we sent people to school. And um, I just, that was a season for me that I, the Lord used in a lot of ways. And, and hopefully throughout this podcast, I can share that story. But I say all this to say that 
um, when I went to pull them out, I guess for the, the second round of homeschooling, which will be our permanent round, we won't ever be going back. Um, I had a lot of fear in bringing the twins home. They were six when I started praying through pulling them out of school and having them at home. And they're 10 now and they still have so much energy. Like they have, they have so much energy and they're hilarious and they're so much fun. Just last week or the week before my daughter and I were working through um, an algebra lesson. And before I knew it, the twins were playing. I, I wish, I wish I was kidding. <laughs> the twins were playing badminton in the family room. Just a you know, a couple of rooms away. And I was like, Oh dear. Okay. So they're just, they have so much energy. And so I most definitely felt this, this concern that my friend is feeling this, this school's over. And then what do I do with these children the rest of the day? So my answer to you is that first of all, first and foremost, and this is something I really think our society, our culture, gets wrong a lot. Um, and I know I have most definitely fallen into this trap myself, but our children need to be bored. Like they actually just need to be bored. And so much of children's lives these days is scheduled, right? You have to get up at a certain time and get on the bus and you have to go to school and then you come home and you do homework and you activities and somewhere in there you eat and then you shower and you go to bed and you like do it all again the next day. And then usually the weekends are more sports and more activities. And especially if you're a family with multiple children, maybe like, you know, second grader Susie doesn't have any sports on the weekends, but her older brother does or whatever. So, um, life in, I feel like our culture really sort of, um, pushes this idea of being busy. And I think we're, I think we're robbing our children of some of their childhood when we don't let them just be bored. There's so many benefits of letting your kids just be bored. First of all, obviously, I mean, if you have children, you know this, like if, when they get bored, like the first thing you might hear is mom, I'm bored. It's like, okay, that's great. There is an opportunity for you as the mom or as the dad to speak into that. Awesome. Um, that is really great that you have nothing to do. Let's find something to do together. Like, would you like to be creative? Would you like to try to draw something? Would you like to get out the paints or the Play-Doh? Do you want to go outside and play soccer? Or we could go somewhere and take a hike or explore the creek or, you know, take a sewing lesson or, hey, would you like to help mom cook dinner tonight. There are lots of things when our kids are bored that they have opportunities to do. And through the actual act of just being bored, you're going to give them the gift of creativity because they're going to come up with something to do. And it's our job as parents to just facilitate the boredom, give them opportunities to be bored and then present solutions and let them pick. And uh, we have had days where my children choose to be bored and they they choose to like 
oh, they choose to like revel in the boredom, right? They just want to sit there and it's almost like they're rebelling against me and all of the activities and the opportunities I've presented them. And there are growing opportunities in there for mom and kids, but it gives them time to use their imagination and to be creative. It gives them time to problem solve. And more than that, it gives them time to have like an inner quiet. And I know you know what I mean, because if you're a parent, you have very little inner quiet <laughs> ever. I sometimes joke that like mommy's ears just need a timeout, right? Like there's just constantly inner voices saying things and like kids speaking to me and me to-do lists and all the things. And, and to really get to a place where you have inner quiet, it's kind of difficult. I think sometimes for me, especially as an adult, um, and you know, I always think of one of my favorite Psalm verses, 4610, be still and know that I am God. And there is value in being still and being able to listen to your inner quiet. And if we think about like, discipling our children and helping them walk in the ways of the Lord, we need to teach them at a young age how to be still and how to value that inner quiet. Because sometimes I think when we're so busy, we miss out on what the Lord has to say to us. We're so busy, like going from one thing to another, and there's just a million lists in our head and, and things to do. We don't give the Lord time to speak um, or we don't have the, the inner quiet to listen. And what a gift we can give our kids when they're young to really just start to embrace that inner stillness and be able to listen for the Lord and teach our kids how to value that inner stillness. Because there is just something so valuable about that. And, and I could make the case that everything in our culture, almost everything in our culture, wants to push us away from the Lord and what he has to say to us. And one way that happens is through busyness, through keeping us um, distracted and unable to hear the Lord. There is value in having an inner quiet as an adult, but that's something as an adult that I had to like learn how to do. And so what a, what an amazing gift we can give our kids to let them be bored. And maybe in that they'll find their inner quiet and their ability to hear from the Lord. That just, gosh, can you think of anything more powerful? And then aside from being bored, when school's over, now you have an opportunity to like let them keep learning. Okay, school's school's really never over. Just because you've closed the science book and the math book and the writing book doesn't mean school's over for the day. It means they did some book work and now they go do creative and explorative learning. You they do puzzles or they um, go, we go to the zoo or we go outside or we 
play shoot hoops in the front yard or they play hockey in the street. Like there's so much learning that can be done in those other hours of the day. And it's just about finding your creative rhythm as a family to go and to do and to make memories. And sometimes the kids and I will all just have a book on the deck in the sunshine and we'll just just read together. And sometimes uh, we're doing chores and other times we're, you know, once a week or so we're running errands. So there are lots of things you can do to fill that time. And it is a lie that you'll have all this time on your hands and, and it will be impossible to entertain your children. It won't be. It will actually be like some of the loveliest memories you've ever had with your kids. Um, and then also, as far as school's over, then what? School doesn't have to, to start super early. Kids can sleep in. So there's a lot more flexibility in when you start. I have, I have friends that start like right away early in the morning. And then I have other friends who just like let their kids sleep. And when everybody's awake, then they start school. So there's also flexibility on the front end before school even starts. So um, her second question to me or her second concern was she said, you know what? My kids just just really like school. And my answer to her was, was super simple. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, well, yeah, okay. My kids also like cookies every day, right? Like my kids would eat cookies every day if I let them. But that's where it's my job as the parent to discern that like just to discern what's best for them and just because they like something doesn't mean it's what's best for them you know there's a difference between things that are good and things that are god's best and there are lots of things that are good but they're not god's best and i think it's our job as their parents to help discern that so yeah your kids might like school um, but also they would eat ice cream every day and overindulging cookies and junk food if we let them, or at least mine might. <laughs> um, so it's not, it's not our job to let our kids have everything they like or they want. It's our job to discern what's best for them. Um, and then her, her third concern, and I think this was possibly her biggest concern. And she said, how do I do, how do I do teacher versus mommy? She's like, how do I, how do I find those boundaries? Well, that is, that's a growing process. There, you will go through seasons in your homeschool journey where it's super smooth. And then, you know, somebody goes through puberty or somebody else goes through a growth spurt or, a kid goes through a different season and then, and then you kind of have to regrow and relearn, but it's not as impossible as it sounds because when, when your kids leave every day and are in a classroom every day, um, and in some cases kids are switching classes, right? So they have maybe like multiple teachers a day and then there's, you know, the cafeteria and there's the bus and there's all these different places where there are different rules. The rules aren't consistent. The discipline isn't consistent, not because the teachers are bad or any of the staff in the schools are bad, but because 
everybody kind of comes up with their own rules, right? Each there's, there's like classroom rules. And at least when I was a teacher and when I was a student, there were different rules in different classes because that's what, that's what the teachers did. And that's how it works. But that's a lot for kids like to have different rules in all these different places. It takes up a lot of their like working brain power. And when you're at home, you don't have that. You have a set of rules from mom and they're very consistent. Our, our rules in our house are, and our discipline with our kids is consistent across the board all day, whether we're in the middle of school or whether we're outside hiking and learning and exploring, we have, we have consistent rules. That's a lot easier for a child's brain to focus on consistent rules. Will it happen on day one of homeschooling? No. Mm -mm. Will it happen in month one? Probably not. It might even take all the way to year two or three, depending on you and your children um, and how much the Lord needs to work in your hearts to get you all there. So it takes time, but it's worth it because you get to have like this consistent discipline across the board. And another one thing she said, sort of like, you know, in this category, she said, you know, it's, I'm not so sure about being teacher because, you know, they come home and they fight me on homework now because, you know, like I'm making them get it done before they have to go outside. And I said, okay, well, there are two things when it comes to that, that I hear in what you're saying. First of all, with homeschool, there is no homework. You, you do school and then you're, you're done. So there is no like hurry up and get your homework done so you can go outside. There's just, okay, go outside, have fun. And there's so much more freedom in that. And there's so much more, you know, these kids, especially, and I'm going to say, especially boys, even though I know it's not always specific to boys. It's just in, in my little world, it's been more, more my boys than my daughter. Um, but they just, they're not created to sit and do work all day. They're just, they're not. And then to like come home and then do more work. Actually, I would argue that if we try to put adults in a school setting and make them like sit all day and listen, and you have to ask to do everything and you have to do everything on someone else's timetable all day long, I think we, I think I would possibly go crazy. Um, so I, don't, I just don't think kids' brains are designed to always have work, to be at school and work all day and then come home and do more work. It feels like we're robbing them of their childhood. Like, no, go outside and play. So when you homeschool, there is, there is no homework. And, um, another thing, and there's just this, like, I wish I could have recorded this hilarious conversation my husband and I had last week. He was trying to explain some things to me. He handles all of the financials in our household. And he was trying to explain some things to me about some retirement and some 401k stuff that I just don't even, it's just not in my skill set to understand that stuff. And that's fine. That's why the Lord gave me a husband that can do that. So my point to this is before I tell you this story is that when, when mom is the teacher, mom knows all the vocabulary and vocabulary matters. And it's such a simple phrase, but it really does. Vocabulary matters. The words you use matter. I remember when my daughter was in school, she would come home and 
she was doing math and I would try to explain it to her um, or reteach it to her in the way that, that I knew how to do it. And she'd be like, no, 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 that's, that's not how the teacher explained it. That's not what the teacher said. That's not how she worded it. And, and some, and my daughter was just very, like, she needed to hear the same point reiterated in the exact same words for her to like, get the concept, if that makes sense. Um, it was the brain her, it was the way her brain needed it. So I was just in what, as it turned out, I was just using different vocabulary, literally just a different word than the teacher was using, but that confused her because for her, it felt different than what the teacher was saying, which of course took us quite a while to get to the bottom of you know, a conversation with a teacher and a phone call and an email and all the other things. And, and the thing is when you homeschool, when you have your kids here, when you're the one teaching them, you, you know, all the vocabulary, there isn't any of that, like communication barrier where like, they were like taught something at school and you don't really know what it is, or you don't, you weren't there. So you can't understand what the teacher said. And you know, the kids may have had math, like first period. And then they had like five more hours of school and then they come home and they're trying to tell you, but their brains are just full and overloaded and it's just too much. And, and then there's this like homework, like fight, right? And, and I'm not going to lie, okay, homeschool is not always like everyone's happy and there are definitely moments. But the thing is, I can speak into those moments with a greater accuracy and a greater understanding on both my part and hers because I'm here for all of it. And I can speak into those troubled moments when someone doesn't understand a math problem I know exactly the words that were used to teach them and I can re-explain it in exactly the same words. And so there's so much benefit in that. And just quickly, it was this hilarious example. My husband was trying to explain 401k to me and he was saying something about retirement account. And then like he kept switching in his explanation. He kept switching vocabulary words. He was in his mind retirement and 401k are the, the same thing. Okay. They, they meant the same thing. I didn't know that. I didn't know what he was talking about and I didn't understand. And he kept interchanging them. And I was like, okay, hold on, stop, help me understand. And I was so just frustrated because, and we ended up getting some clarity to our conversation and, and actually laughing because it was just, it was just a vocabulary issue. It was just, I didn't understand the words he was using and in the context he was using them. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that's what used to happen when like the kids were in school and they would come home and it was just, it's just a vocabulary issue. So I would say that we've overcome a lot of those issues doing schoolwork just because there isn't any of that like misunderstanding or miscommunication or just vocabulary issues anymore. So it's not easy. Some of these things are not easy, especially if you're pulling your children out of school. You're going to be learning a new rhythm as a family, something we'll talk about soon in an episode, and we, you're going to be you're going to be taking on a new role. You're going to be teacher and mom. Um, you're going to have to help your kids walk through boredom. Um you're going to maybe be 
taking them out of a situation they like and hopefully teaching them how to like a new situation. And I would just tell you that there is there is so much freedom in having your children home. Giving that giving them that gift of creative imagination, giving them the gift of you being there with them every step of the way throughout the day. Um, giving them the gift of being able to go out and explore and make memories as a family. Those are gifts that you get to, those are, those are just, those are gifts. And if you look at them as, if you look at them as hurdles, then that's what you're going to get is you're going to get hurdles. And really you do get what you focus on. It's like when you buy a new car, right? And then all of a sudden you like see that car everywhere on the road. It's because you're focusing on it. Those, those cars were there before. You just didn't see them. And you get what you focus on. And if you focus on these things as hurdles, they will be hurdles. But if you focus on these things as gifts, you're giving your kids the gift of boredom and the gift of creativity. You're giving them the gift of inner stillness. You're giving your kids the gift of being able to learn and explore and just a gift of childhood, just to be kids. You're giving them the gift of you being there every step of the way all day. You're giving them the gift of no longer having homework. Um, you're just, you're giving them all these gifts. And if you look at it as gifts, you'll get what you focus on. And you'll get, you'll get gifts. And that's what you'll see in this journey with you and your kids. Thank you again for joining us for episode two. I can't wait to come back and share with you more things 